Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I am your announcer, Reverend James, of BulkContra.com in North Carolina, and in just a moment we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman of conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we welcome a special guest, Reverend Roy of HealingAmulet.com in Nashville, Tennessee, bringing us today's topic on fertility magic. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of voodoo, conjure, or root work, as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual voodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who've signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjure Man. Ms. Kat? Hi. Well, the problem of the crazy sound has been solved, Reverend James. <laughs> it's Yay. all gone now. Yes. Yay. <laughs> Uh, it was the evil of a speakerphone, and we didn't know um, because we didn't ask, and we should always have it taped in mirror writing to our forehead so that we look in the mirror, and every time we look in the mirror, we will see the words, ask about a speakerphone, okay? because that's what it always is. Uh, well, James, so nice to hear you actually speaking to us with your actual voice. So um, how are things in North Carolina? Things are great. Um, the weather's turned, and it's getting a little bit warmer. The only bad thing about that is um, we're a household that tries not to use a lot of pesticides. So we're starting to get lots of, um, down here in the south, we have a stink bug and a ladybug problem. Um, so trying to mediate ways to keep them out without without killing them. <laughs> so there's usually gotta, me running through the house with a little cup. <laughs> I got to ask, ladybugs should never be a problem. What color are your ladybugs? Red ones with black spots? No, they're more the orange ones. I think they're those Japanese beetles. Oh, that's not a ladybug, sweetheart. Um, I recommend um, a, a, a good identification on the web. Around here we have what are called green ladybugs and they look just like ladybugs but their actual name is Diabrotica and they eat squash um, flowers and they're horrifying and uh, we call them the diabolical Diabroticas as distinguished from beautiful ladybugs which are orange or red with black spots. So, good luck. (laughs) Good luck. No, thanks. (laughs) I'm um, the old... um, Staff editor at Organic Gardening magazine kind of comes out when you least expect it. Sorry, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I actually once I actually once wrote an article on this. Jeez, my keys oh <laughs> on um, pheromone traps. Try pheromone traps. Um, oh well, God, that was a long time ago. 
Well, things here at Lucky Mojo are good. The rain has finally stopped after 12 atmospheric rivers. Tulare Lake in the Central Valley is filling with water, and people are losing their ever-loving minds over it. Gee, it's a, a lake bed that they drained for no good reason. It was 50 feet deep, a shallow lake, but it was the biggest lake in the West, and it had steamboats that went around on it, and there were ports, and it was lovely. And they decided to drain it because some big agricultural company wanted to buy up all the lake bed and grow crops on it, which they've done. They then hire um, underpaid uh, and often uh, non-documented workers who then live in horrible little um, communities that are falling apart right where the um, water will flood because the big landowners put up levees and protect their land from flood. Um, And I hear in the distance the faint voice of Conjurman going, yes, yes, (laughs) because he knows what I'm talking about. Anyway, Tulare Lake is filling up again for the first time since the 1940s, and um, there are several among us who wish it would just flood them the hell out and just put an end to this natural disaster because it really is a beautiful lake it was a beautiful lake it was a place for um wildlife um waterfowl um it was very sweet fishing everything all gone and uh, and now it's just um mechanically farmed uh and pesticide covered sterile soil okay now that's the news from, <laughs> from california but the news here closer to home in Forestville, I have finished uh, Sneaky Tricks. I'm just going through my last little spell check passes with Nagashiva. And Miss Michael has done a wonderful job, and I've pitched in as well. And we've got the cover art, um, which we've put out on the uh, World Wide Web and at the Lucky Mojo Forum. Front and back covers, courtesy of Gray Townsend. They look beautiful. And Gray is hard at work today on the interior illustration for the book. And we're going to get that one off to the printer first of the three books that we're doing for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. The next book that will be forthcoming is going to be either Astrology for Root Workers by yours truly, or it will be. Uh, John St. Germain's book on the life of the spiritualist um, worker Adele Clemens, a name probably known to few of you, and a book that probably is a little specialized, but it really is a part of our history. And she was a fascinating woman, and the history of spiritualism really owes her a debt, and it needs to come out in, in a biography. And so he wrote one. It's a short biography, but 96 pages. But it's going to tell you all about her, and there's a lot of photographs in it. Now, um, let's see. I guess that's it for what's going on up here, except it's very pretty and sunny. Oh, and we're rebuilding our railroad. I think I mentioned that before. We went to a railroad club meeting today, the business meeting for the Redwood Empire Garden Railway Society. Um, This um, Fourth of July weekend, actually starting June 30th, the National Garden Railway Convention will be held in Santa Clara, California. And they start off with uh, Sonoma County, which is where we live, and then they follow with a day in um, in uh, Marin County. 
and then they go down to Santa Clara County. It's just sort of a traveling tour bus thing. And when they hit Santa Clara County, it is at a huge convention center, and it just goes on for a whole week. And there are tour buses. It's a lot of fun. If you ever wanted to see a garden railway, find out what they're like. You should um, think about it. You don't have to necessarily go to the convention, but you can drop in at the layouts that are open. And also we're getting ready this year for the Children's Museum Train Days, which we do every year. And it's quite likely that we'll have a substitute host while I'm gone for that. So that's the news from Forestville. All right. (laughs) How about you, Conjurman? What's up with you? Things are, are going quite well. Let me tell you, I'm very excited about that uh, Astrology for Rootworkers book. I think it's going to be a fantastic, fantastic book. Uh, and it's going to fill a very big gap, so I'm very excited about that. I've been busy away with my own workshop, just finishing up my flyer, which I'm going to be sending to the ultimate editor, Ms. Kat, to take a look at. So I've been excited in that regard. Um, and just in real briefly, Last week, we did this whole episode on uh, astrology of the year and made some pretty big predictions about, for example, how Mars and Cancer is going to spell some danger in Israel, Palestine, Syria, Jordan, the Levant, or the Eastern Mediterranean, uh, and how Saturn in uh, Pisces is going to have all sorts of difficulties with water. Well, it's already coming very true, so I wanted to pinpoint that. Just today, uh, a couple hours ago, the area that I... Uh, Because I'm bi-coastal, I'm on the East Coast and the West Coast. The area that I'm in uh, near Pittsburgh, they just said that you can no longer drink the water. Uh, Mm. You have to use bottled water because there's been a massive spill of contaminants in the water there, in the natural water there. You have to drink. They even said you can't boil the water. Sometimes they say, oh, you can boil the water and it'll be fine. You can't boil the water. So in, if you're in Pennsylvania, this water, this, this idea of the water getting poisoned, that Saturn in Pisces already coming true. And right at the ingress of Mars entering to Cancer, the U.S. bombed several areas in Syria. So there's your Levant. So both of those things came true. It was a very fruitful discussion. If you didn't hear uh, Miss Cat and I chatted astrology uh, last week, definitely go tune into the archives and pay attention to what happens over the next several months, because I think the astrology is going to be very, very literal. Yeah. Wasn't it interesting how quickly all that came to Oh, yeah. And that, that goes to what you said. That goes to what you said is how everything is bunched up in the way that it is. You're going to see really big, and, and they, you know, they're all ingresses, right? They're moving into these signs. So you're going to see these very big, quick changes, and you're certainly yeah. seeing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it that that was a wonderful show, and I know that prediction shows are always dated, but that's one for the for the years. You mm-hmm. know, somebody will go back ten years later and go, "Whoa, they called it all, and it came true." <laughs> Some of it came true the very next week. <laughs> so, thank you, Countryman. I always love working on these shows with you, the astrology shows, and um, I know they're very dated in one sense, but they are so much fun to glide through and um, and make those predictions and make them come uh, to consciousness and then watch them come true. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah. Oh, Shiva just posted in the chat the log, the, the chart from last week. Thank you so much. Um, getting a lot of 
uh, messages in chat. We've got 18 people here in the chat, which is a little good for us because, you know, we usually don't get that many. And so we're happy to see you all. not going to call everyone's names. It'll take too long. But a lot of compliments coming in on the cover art for the book, uh, Snaky Tricks, How to Hide Your Mm. Hoo in Plain Sight by Miss McKell and myself. And I just got to give two shout-outs, one for E.P. Upjohn, the artist who drew the original art. And it was originally published on November 3rd, I think, 1895, in the New York Sunday World. And, of course, our own wonderful worker, friend, colleague, and uh, just all-around hugely great guy, Gray Townsend of um, the Oakland, California metaphysical community, but he works with us up here in Sonoma, and um, he's just a great person who does fantastic art, does our covers, and has done a number of our labels as well. And um, so... um, guess that's it um, for my announcements. Let's bring in our guest. It's Reverend Roy. Oh, and I just saw Papa G in the chat. Sorry, I got to thank Papa G because he's the one who found that piece of art by E.P. Upjohn. Thank you, Papa G, and a little shout out to you for being our art spotter. <laughs> that was really great. All right. Uh, now we're going to bring in Reverend Roy. How are you doing, Reverend Roy? Welcome. I'm doing very well. How are you? Well, we're just great, but we'd like to know what's going on in Nashville. So Nashville this past week has been, we we turned winter again. Uh, it's been cold and rainy and storms two days ago, but uh, we seem to be hitting spring right now. Um, Reverend James mentioned the stink bugs. Uh, we've got those two, and last summer, Papa G and I had a new wood fence put around our backyard, so I noticed today our backyard is full of carpenter bees, so they have found our new wood fence mm. and, and drilling holes in them everywhere, so we've got to figure out a way to get rid of those, because I don't use pesticides either. Wow. Well, that is, um, yeah, we have... Um, infestations of something called box elder bugs. Do you all know what those are? They're um they're they're not stink bugs. They're not as bad as stink bugs, but they are as copious and they don't smell oh, all that God. good either. <laughs> box elder bugs. They are known for continually mating all over the sidewalks. Um they they come in huge swarms. So we haven't they haven't come out yet. It's not their time yet, but they'll be around soon. Well today what our Go ahead. Of oh, course. Go ahead. Now, I would say we're having to do a lot of re-landscaping in the Nashville area of all of our neighbors. We had a uh, one day a, a couple of months ago where the temperature was like in the 60s and then dropped over 50 degrees overnight, and so many bushes and trees are just dead. Uh-huh. So all of our neighbors are out digging up bushes. That's sad. That's sad. Losing a shrubbery and flowers and trees is like losing friends, but it happens. And I, I want to spend, send out a special condolences to the people of Rolling Fork, Mississippi, oh the, my home, the home of Muddy mm. Waters. Uh, and um, 
a person I admired greatly, and a person who did a song called Got My Mojo Working, so everyone kind of knows him by that, though he did not write the song. But he was from Rolling Fork, and Rolling Fork just got hit by a tornado. Sad news. Well, um, today our topic is fertility spells. Now, I'm going to mention here, and we're going to put through the chat, that we've done um, a couple of shows, and we have a couple of threads in the forum about fertility magic that's in the past. And so we're going to list those there. Anyone can see them if you want to save those, harvest those URLs, and look at them at another time. But fertility magic is something that's interesting to me because there is a lot of magic for infertility. There are a lot of ways to curse people so they have no fertility. And there are a lot of people who suffer from infertility and wonder if it was cast upon them. That's one kind of uh, evil work to do. But there's also people who are looking to have a child and they want to increase their fertility and they also want to have a pleasant pregnancy and a healthy child. So this kind of spell work goes back, I guess, pretty much ever since people distinguished themselves from apes by doing magic and venerating deities. There have been uh, goddesses of fertility and gods of fertility. And there have been uh, gods and goddesses together of fertility and happy Mm -hmm. family couplings of gods and goddesses who are shown holding their children, some of which may not look exactly like them. And I'm thinking of you, Shiva and Parvati, with your elephant-headed and six-headed children. (laughs) Um, But not to mention the Holy Family of the Catholic Church, where the baby Jesus comes complete with his cross of crucifixion. Like, hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. Hi. I'm going to die on this cross. I bring it with me wherever I go. Um, (laughs) So... Um, I love the iconography of religions that are not mine because sometimes they just make me just shake my head. Um, Of course, I come from a religion that has very little iconography, so it's all a surprise to me. So fertility (laughs) magic is something we're going to cover today, and uh, we're going to let Reverend Roy introduce it, and then we're all going to pitch in with some of our suggestions and ideas as well. So take it away, Reverend Roy. All right, so the idea of fertility magic is you know, it's for those who are wanting to conceive. Um, and I, I've had the pleasure of, of working with different clients on this before. Um, and I approach fertility magic as working on something that we bring to us. It's an attraction. It's something that we prepare for uh, and open ourselves up to. Um, being a holistic healer, um, You know, the first idea behind fertility is, number one, get rid of all the toxins and um, purify yourself and purify your home because that's one of the biggest problems we have these days with the toxins. But um, I I like the symbolism of fertility magic. I like using uh, some of the fertility symbols, the fertility goddesses in the work that I do. My favorite is Cocopelli. Anytime I think of the word fertility, the image of Coco Pelle always comes to my mind. And I believe he's I believe he's Southwest, isn't he? Native American? Yes, Coco he Pelle. says Yeah. And yeah, he's a he's a Native American uh deity. Um some uh, some people think of him as a guy with a 
crooked back, but he's usually seen as having a, a bag of seeds that he carries. And, and I've also seen him, it looks like he's blowing a horn sometimes. So Yes, that's right. He blows a little horn. But fertility magic is about the act of conception. It is about bringing new life. Um, fertility magic can also is also practiced by people, farmers. Uh, it's that time of year we want to plant seeds and we want to grow our gardens. It's the time of year where we want our animals to start reproducing. Um, you know, a lot of the farmers have a lot of... Um, Rituals they do in the spring to get their gardens going, to get their animals to breeding. So it's not just limited to people. That's true. Um, and there are a lot of spells to bring fertility to animals. That uh, Especially they're, they're quite common in areas where there's a strong seasonality because the culture is inhabits a region that's far away from the equator. So there are definite... Um, summer and winter seasons, and most animals have evolved to not have their babies in the frozen snow and ice, although sheep constantly make that mistake. And so there are spells to increase fertility, and also, um, you know, I guess you could call them almost public celebrations for that. Um, In some areas of ancient Europe, animals that were hoped to get pregnant would run through, were run through two bonfires between two bonfires with the idea that it would quicken them or get them pregnant. There's many ways to do that. And um, fertility for humans can take uh, a number of forms too, not just veneration of a family or fertility deity, but also working uh, with Ancestors, um, particularly among females, women, working with their uh, ancestresses, um, especially if there is an unbroken female line. So I would call these your mitochondrial haplogroup ancestress. You can, of course, venerate any uh, female, but the female-to-female-to-female line is something that's quite often venerated. I'm going to give you one quick spell to just... uh, really easy one to do get those russian nesting dolls you know the kind that you know wooden russian nesting dolls right and uh, you want to find if you have to know the names if you can of as many female to female to female ancestresses you can and then if you want to get pregnant you'd have one more little doll beyond that or if you have a child you want to have a grandchild you have one more beyond that they make these nesting dolls in sets that can have many, many dolls or just a few. So you want to get the right number of dolls if possible. If you if you can't um, get the right number, you can just keep on adding grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren, or you can add unknown ancestresses. So now you have these nesting dolls. You take them apart, and you're going to um, you know, pray over them, dress them, and put a prayer in each one. I like to take and write it on a little circular piece of paper and just glue it down in the bottom of each of those little dolls. And um, then you pray over them as, and you can, um, you know, dress them with some sort of a blessing well. And then you nest them back together. The one that you want to have, the unknown baby, is the little solid one at the end that has that you can't open up. And that's you just put a little question mark on the bottom of that one. That's the baby that's going to come. So 
that's a neat kind of spell. You then put them on your knick-knack shelf and nobody knows what you did. When I was um, growing up, we had a farm, and it was mostly a pig farm. I grew up with my grandfather. And in this time of year, we would want the pigs to start breeding. And although they didn't consider it magic, it was very ritual. When we decided which male and female we wanted to get together, my grandfather would set up this hut, a little little, uh, lean-to hut just for those two pigs, and they would be put in there with the idea that they had to be quiet, they had to be separated. It, It was very ritualistic, and he would surround the hut with cedar branches, and that was his way of blessing this. So he always he he set up the the scene for our pigs to breed in every spring. It was really a beautiful thing, and he didn't consider it magic. It was just what we did every year. How interesting! The tall cedars of Lebanon. That's a, a cedar is a, a definitely a, has a connections to fertility and agriculture, and it's almost like he set up a little crush for them, if you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. This this was their little private hotel. We had to be quiet, couldn't disturb them, (laughs) give them their time. How wonderful. So, uh, Conjuring, we got to bring you in on this. Do you know Mm -hmm. any fertility spells from uh, your family or your background? Oh, yeah. My uh, great-grandfather was quite famed for his fertility spells. He was a very popular uh, worker who specialized specifically in fertility. I've mentioned him on the radio show before several times. Um, But he was known for taking on very difficult cases of people who were unable to carry or had difficulty, uh, but also with just general fertility work. And there's a variety of different things that he would prescribe, whether it was tea, prayers, etc. But the one that is considered the most famous is actually a lock spell. And I've described this on the radio show, but it's been, I think, a couple of years, so people probably don't remember it. Uh, But basically what you do is you take a very delicate chain and you wrap it around the body of the individual who wants to get pregnant. Very beautiful, delicate chain, and you pray as you do so. And you take a small lock and you anoint it with holy oil. And as you bring the two parts of the chain together and you will lock it. You pray that as this lock remains locked, this person will be able to carry the child to term, that they will be able to get pregnant and that their health will be safe. They then slip the chain off. So you want to leave a little bit of room. <laughs> you don't want to make it so tight that they're unable to slip it off. You slip off the chain and you keep it locked underneath the mattress or the bed. And so long as the lock and the chains remain together, you'll be able to conceive a child uh, when you want, and you'll be able to carry it to term. That's really cool. That's a good one. And I do remember you mentioning that. That's a a Mm -hmm. very neat spell. Um, Someone should do a a whole book on lock spells at some point because there are sure a lot of them. Um, uh, How about we bounce this back to you, Roy? Can you give us another one? Um, And and taking on that, too, I had a... um a friend of mine that was a, um, a birth doula and what she would do with someone that was having trouble um, carrying to full term, she would take two crystals and bind them together uh, for the lady, for the woman to carry with her at all times so that to symbolize the, uh, you know, the, the womb not opening. Mm-hmm. 
So that's yeah, just that's another uh, of, hold, uh, of holding off uh, an early delivery. That's a neat one. Now, now, she used to do work. She's told me about it, but she used to do work with, with women, and it was about decorating the, the woman's belly, drawing the symbols on, on her stomach and her torso and going through a ritual of preparing her for conception before she was with her mate, her mate that night. So it was like a, a woman's ritual, women's ritual, where they actually decorated her torso for the within the mate that night. That that reminds me also, um, when you said a woman's ritual, that reminds me of the book Women's Work by Orla Forrest, which we published. There are quite a few um, ideas for fertility and also for lactation in that book, Women's Work, which... Um, uh, Aura wrote while she was nursing her baby. She had written her first book, Hoodoo Spiritual Baths, while she was pregnant with her child. And then when she had the child, she had some time out. And so she wrote her second book, Women's Work. And it's very, very good. So, yeah, it's a, a nice book. That other fertility spell radio show we did was a long time ago, Contraman. It was in 2017. Mm-hmm. And our oh, wow. guest was... Yeah, Angela Marie Horner was our guest. And she, like Roy, uh, does um, uh, healing work in, in, you know, in a different modalities, spiritual healing, magical healing, and medical healing work. And so she also, like uh, Reverend Roy, had that idea of combining the two and did a, and did a show with us. So... And I know at that time I also spoke about the idea of catching a baby. Again, I don't want to reiterate old things from that, you know, six years ago, but maybe, again, people haven't heard it recently or haven't heard that old show. Uh, But um, my grandmother had this old thought that if you catch a baby, and this came from my grandmother's family, my grandmother Ida, so I don't know where she got it, probably from her mother Pauline, and then it just goes back beyond, you know, beyond, beyond, um, that if you want to have a baby and you're not getting pregnant, you go to the house of a friend, woman, or relative woman who has had a child, and the child has to be not able to walk yet. They have to be kind of under a year or just not big enough to walk. You have to be able to hold them. And uh, you ask them to borrow a baby. This is done by prearrangement. You don't just show up at someone's house and say, can I borrow your baby? It's all done by prearrangement. But you have to formally say the words, may I borrow your baby? They will nurse the baby to keep it sleepy and contented, and they give it to you and they leave the room. And you are to pull your blouse up and press the baby against your skin. You're not to try to pretend to nurse it. Just hold it. And you just hold it and you talk to the baby and you say, now, baby, um, you came so recently from baby land. Please go back to baby land as you sleep in your dream and tell the other babies that I want a baby just as pretty and nice and calm as you. And then you hold and pet this baby. Then you, uh, when the baby starts to wake up or when you're done, you, you know, knock on the door and bring the woman back in and she takes her baby back and you put your blouse back in your skirt, and go home, and you will get pregnant very quickly. And I know this works. My mm. daughter did it. It works. And um, it is absolutely uh, an old Ashkenazi Jewish tradition. Mm. <laughs> Reverend, Art, similar. Reverend Art posted, <laughs> prearranged, saves on some awkward <laughs> conversation. It, 
Yes, indeed. Isn't there a similar one about stroking cats? Yes, that's right. Um, Yes, my grandmother also said, if you dream of a kitten, you'll be pregnant very soon. I've heard that um, one. Yeah, yeah, if you dream of a kitten. And I've also heard if you dream of fish. In the chat, Balkan Diviner 14 says, in Romania, we have dark spirits who are particularly known to affect women's pregnancy. It's said that matrices are unseen forces that have the power to prevent a woman from becoming pregnant. They are of 99 kinds and of 99 nations. Either the mouth and enter the mouth and stick to the bones. They're matrices of thirst, hunger, eyes, heat, fear, lack of rest, and other varieties. A spell to banish these spirits is performed on a Monday morning before the sun rises. They cast chants over a glass of brandy or wine, which no one has tasted yet, three times, giving it to the woman and then throwing them into the Black Sea. I hope not the women. I hope they just throw the, the leftover brandy or wine into the... Black Sea. That's an interesting one. So that's a kind of an uncrossing from infertility. I'm going to throw out another one that I was taught by a client of mine, a reading client. Uh, We were talking about fertility, and she was expecting her second child. And she was, and I said, how's it going? She said, just fine. She goes, I had so much trouble getting pregnant the first time. She said, I had to go back to India to my village and sit on the uh, Shiva Lingam stone and pray and then I got pregnant right away so in her village there's a Shiva Lingam stone a Lingam meaning a penis or sign that looks but it's not doesn't look like a penis and it's not a dildo it's a big rock and it's rounded and sort of um it'll like an elongated egg it's not egg shaped just an elongated Shiva Lingam and it was the custom in her village this was outside of town that the women who wanted to get pregnant at dawn would go there and hike up their dress and sit on this and pray to Shiva that they would get pregnant. And then they did. But for her second child, she said she didn't have to go back to India. It was all, it was a more natural event. Uh, when, you know, customers in our store will ask questions about, you know, simple ways to start uh, fertility. And uh, that's always my suggestion was receive a lingam. Grab one of those, carry it with you, put one under your bed. Um, and then you have, you know, people that will ask what this stone is, and I say, oh, it's a Siva Lingam, it's a fertility stone, and they drop it like it's a hot potato. Like, I don't want this. <laughs> yeah. One of the superstitions I've heard before growing up, too, was if you were having trouble having a baby, is to, um, you take the pants of a man, uh, a family member, a male that's had at least three kids, and put them under your bed. And that will bring you luck in conceiving. Hmm. That's interesting. Mm. I like that. Do you have another one, Ollie? Yeah, there's a a variety of candle spells that can be done. Uh, The most famous psalm, Psalm 23, which we often assume is uh, just general blessings, is also frequently used for... Uh, the recitation of prayers. I'm actually going to mention a few psalms later on. But Psalm 23 is also used for children because the original concept of abundance is actually, my my cup flows over, this idea of abundance is not actually money, but is children and the fertility of your lands. So Psalm 23, the oldest uses of the psalm is actually in fertility work. We have evidence going on back to late antiquity, roughly about the 5th century or so, where Psalm 23 is recited over oil lamps. 
And you can do the same thing now with an oil lamp or a candle. And you recite it over a white candle every as it takes until you actually conceive. So there's this whole you know, reciting Psalm 23 before you do the deed, and you keep doing it until you formally have conceived. You, you confirm, I am now pregnant. So white candle, Psalm 23. White candle, Psalm 23. That's a good one. How about you, Paul? Your turn. So I was going to bring up in my practice, I get most, for people who are having fertility issues, they make the most appointments for reflexology. And I've seen quite a bit of success with that. Um, through, you know, through healing modalities, through, especially through reflexology, we can work on the uh, specific organs that are related to reproduction, working on ovaries and uterus and, and those things. And we normally set those up as, Rather than doing one long session, set up like six to eight mini sessions where they come in once a week for 15 minutes and we just work on just the reproductive organs, um, male and female. Uh, I usually prefer to work on on the the husband and wife or uh, both partners. And uh, so I, I get to do quite a bit of that work through reflexology. All right. Well, I have another one, and and this just comes out of Jewish folklore. It's Psalms number 139, uh, verses 13 through 16. And I'll I'll put the whole thing through the the chat log. Uh, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance in your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. And so this is the um, unborn child's psalm. Pretty cool, huh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so you can recite that, um, uh, well, uh, what I was taught is a man can recite that over his wife's um, belly um, quietly mm. or however it might be after having sex, um, just, you know, yeah. to call the child in. I guess you would say to call the child in. Okay. Right. Psalm, Psalm 1 also has a similar verse that's used in this way. Uh, and it was considered an old remedy for uh, fertility where you would recite Psalm 1, verse 3. That person is like a tree planted by the streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Those those kinds of... Um, those kinds of... Uh, Psalms have a long, mm-hmm. long history in, for use in magic. And yeah. they're not only used by Christians and Jews. They can be used by anybody. Um, so they really have a power behind them and have been used by many, many, many people. Um, Reverend Art says in the chat, My great-grandmother used to bake a loaf of herb bread and wrap it up like a baby in a clean cotton cloth diaper and give it to female members of our family that were trying to conceive and having difficulty. I've heard of that before, too. I've absolutely mm-hmm. heard of that. To um, 
Now, uh, Reverend Art, uh, um, if I remember correctly, I don't want to speak for you, but you put it in the chat. Your family uh, um, comes from a um, Eastern European Russian Orthodox type background, right? Is that correct? And just say yes or no in the chat. Yep, he says. Yeah. So that's a fascinating one to give them a loaf of bread wrapped up like a baby. Another one. That is very cool. Another one I've heard in my family is that caviar, which is the eggs of fishes, that uh, and it's very expensive, right? Um, that um, you can give a person caviar to eat. If, they, if a woman is having trouble conceiving, she just gets a little jar of caviar and a little spoon that's you know in here, and every day she eats a little bit of caviar um, as a sort of a medicine, you see, to to encourage her own ovulation. I guess you would say. Um, to yeah, I've also sort of been a, eating pineapple. Oh, pineapple. Well, you see, some people come from where the pineapples bloom, and some people come from where <laughs> the caviar grows. <laughs> Everyone has their own. I'd never heard. I never heard of pineapple before at all. How fascinating! Now, in my family, it was caviar. Of course, they were again Ashkenazi Jews, and this was a delicacy. Um, particularly if you've got the. Um, if you spread the caviar on a piece of bread that was wrapped up like a baby, I think you'd be doing pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brother Blue in the chat asks, Reverend Art, did your family believe it needed to be a particular kind or recipe of bread or contain a particular set of herbs? Yeah. Um, Reverend Art has a great experience in the Orthodox tradition, says J.D. And, um, yeah, I'm sure that Reverend Art is now going to give us more information about that bread. And I'm sure everybody wants to know because, you know, fertility bread, what a great idea. Uh, <laughs> and I, Patricia, says in the chat, so be careful of what you eat. Boy, ain't that, ain't that the truth? Um, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> oh, and uh, uh, Nagashiba in the chat mentions king cake. So if you all don't know what king cake is, sometimes called fortune cake or pull cake, string pull cake, ribbon pull cake, lots of different names for it. It's a cake that is made with little um, things baked inside of it. Or you can cut a slit in the bottom and put them in if you don't want to bake them. They may be all types of things, a shoe for travel or a little ship for travel. Just sort of think of Monopoly charms, but in a cake. And one of them is always a baby. And the idea of a ribbon pull cake or a king cake is it's brought to the table, it's cut up, and everybody gets a piece. And what you get is your fortune for the year. And um, it's the king cake is done during Mardi Gras, but the ribbon pull cake can be done anytime. It's the same thing. And there are um, fortune cake sets. Um, both Papa G and I happen to have sets of those fortune cake um, uh, sets of little uh, trinkets that go inside. And, of course, the embarrassment is if a woman who's unmarried gets the baby, <laughs> Oh, my God, the hilarity that ensues, right? She's got to find someone else to give the baby to because she doesn't want to have an unannounced baby. And uh, sometimes an, a kindly married woman will say, mm. oh, okay, I'll take the baby from you and I'll I'll give you this ship and you can go take a cruise and I'll have the baby. <laughs> mm. 
but the baby the baby is the the big prize in one of those cakes yeah there's also a really long tradition of spiritual baths that help with fertility, um, using herbal mixtures of black cohosh, red clover, for example, brewing them into a tea and bathing in it. These are generally soaking baths I've seen. I mean, the traditions will vary. You'll see regions where they say, no, you need to pour it over yourself. But these were traditions that I, that I grew up in Virginia with where they said, you want to soak in this. So you would pour the tea into a bath that you've drawn and soak for a period of time, black cohosh, uh, red clover, both of which have um, fertility properties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, there are these baths for fertility, and there are several of them that, um, that people use. Um, some of those herbs, by the way, are not safe to ingest. Or during yes. pregnancy, so they can only be used yes. as a bath. And um, another one that's sometimes used is self-heal or all-heal. Meanwhile, in the chat, uh, Reverend Art is searching through all his recipe books for the last two of the seven herbs that go into that special bread. He says, I know it was a white bread. She used seven herbs, but I've only been able to find five of them so far. I was very young when she passed, wasn't as aware then as I am now to pay attention. I have about seven more recipe books to go through. I'm sure I'll find it. <laughs> All right, Reverend Art, we're watching you. You're just going to bring us those, that, those seven herbs that go into the white bread that's wrapped up like a baby. That's a really cool one. Um, J.D. says, I experienced a Polish tradition. When a baby is one during the party, they show the child three items, a coin, a drink, a book, etc. The item the child picks indicates what the child will grow up to do and pursue. Yes, that is very common, and it's also, of course, found in a much more religious context in picking the uh, lamas in the Vajrayana Buddhist uh, tradition. And uh, they pick out the items that belong to their previous incarnation, and they, then you know which llama they were. Um, another thing as far as fertility goes is um, people... Remember I mentioned that my grandmother said that if you dream of a kitten, you'll soon be pregnant. Keeping a cat that has kittens will also make you pregnant. But you have to mm-hmm. attend the birth of the cat. And you have to help the cat during the birth and pet and and be there. Now, some of these things like that and like um, borrowing the baby seem to me to have a biological basis that they would stimulate the production of hormones, you know, the the smell of the birthing and, and things would sort of get your own clock ticking. And so I never discount the biological basis of certain magical spells. There's um, a lot of truth that these things work hand in hand. And that's and really interesting I, I, uh, because... Oh, uh, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. No, no, uh, go ahead. Uh, Papa G and I recently watched a documentary on cats, and it said that a crying baby and a purring cat induces the same neurological effect on a, on a person. That's on correct. That is correct. And Aya Asha Aya says, and this ties in directly, she says in the chat, there's now an entire generation of young women and men who do not want children. Something has to happen to change this. Actually, 
Aya, Asha, Aya, I don't think anything has to happen. We have too many people on the planet. Um, at this point, the sheer biomass of humans is like many, many times the biomass of all living wild animals and birds and insects. So we have enough people. So maybe we've reached a, a, a limit where, you know, the spirit of humanity says enough. And people who don't want children, um, that's fine. They can have cats because... Cats, even more than dogs, as just was pointed out, stimulate that same feeling. And there's something going on with the cats and the dogs where people, when I was young, nobody referred to their cat or dog as their baby. They would be considered absolutely to have lost their fucking mind to say, oh, yes, my cat is my baby. Oh, my God, that would just be considered... Um, psychotic nowadays it's everywhere oh my baby and you not only not only young women who will eventually replace the cat with an actual child but i'm seeing on facebook instagram middle-aged men with grizzly beards holding their cats and saying i'm a cat man this is my cat baby and i'm like okay that's good that's good for nature we should all have cats. <laughs> I am definitely a cat person. You are? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have three. Well, you have three cats. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and children? I have two children, yes. Two children, three cats. So you're a real fathery type of guy. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, I've had cats pretty much all my life. And children, <laughs> so I get that. But I like the idea of people um, maybe wrapping their cat in a little blanket with seven herbs and not having a child if they don't want to, right? Just saying. It's a lot cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> it is cheaper. Um, J.D. says, dog dad guilty. Oh, yes, I've heard J.D.'s dogs barking. He and I get together every Wednesday and work on cleaning up the Lucky Mojo Forum, and he's got these three, I think it's three, crazy little Jack Russell Terriers that are just the most adorable things, barking their little heads off whenever the mailman comes by. Um, well, you know, she says, by um, I, Aya Asha Aya says, by some thing having to happen. I mean, some of these young people have told me that the world has to change. I think it does. I think we do have to change the world or we're going to lose it. Um, and, um, and Reverend Art says, or a feather drops, bark, 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 bark. That's right. <laughs> Three jacks. Oh, my God. Three jacks and a king. That's what's going on at J.D.'s house. J.D.'s the king and they're the three jacks. That's an old name for a hoodoo formula for gambling. Um, Gashiva says, I have one cat, Catherine, and that's enough for me. Well, we also have Bootsy. Um, so, <laughs> well, another thing that's used to get um, fertility is to have food that has seeds in it. Now, I mentioned caviar, which is the seeds, mm -hmm. I guess, in a way of fishes. But other seeds are also used for uh, fertility. And these can be sesame seeds, poppy seeds, any kinds of small little seeds. And many of them are used to decorate breads. Um, caraway seeds can be used in them, anise seed for cookies. And making food um, which has got seeds in it is considered a fertility food. And, of course, um, 
one of the common ways is to have like a bagel or a roll, uh, something of that nature, with seeds all over it. And when I was a kid, I was um, having bagels. And, you know, the seeds pop and fall off, right? They're not just perfect. And so they don't stick into the dough completely. So I'm having my bagel. And at the end, on my white plate, there's all these little seeds. And I took and licked my index finger, and I began picking them one or two at a time and licking them off on my tongue and then crunching them between my teeth because I'm that kind of person. And my grandmother said to me, oh, you want lots of children, don't you? Because I was eating every little seed. And um, so it's a sign of who might want a child. Mm, I never heard that. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, she didn't eat any seeds off of her plate. <laughs> she was done. Um, um, so um, no, 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 says Aya Asha. Aya, I just read where women who eat poppy seeds are being tested positive for drugs. Well, she says, this is the 21st century. They should be able to differentiate by now. You know what? You should just have a job where they don't test you for drugs, you know? Mm. Let them motherfuckers test somebody else. Live your life free, independent. Eat all the poppy seeds you want. They're good. You know, they're, they're nice. And um, mm, 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 people. But you can do it with sesame seeds just the same. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a sign of how many people you want. Anise seeds in um, cookies are used to have good dreams, and maybe you'll dream about a kitten. That's um, anise seed um, cookies uh, are in the book Hoodoo Foods. And Hoodoo Food has a lot of recipes. And the anise seed cookies are, again, one from my family. I think my family was pretty obsessed with this. My grandmother Pauline had a whole household full of children. Great grandmother, excuse me, great grandmother Pauline. Uh, by the time it got down to my grandmother, they had discovered birth control. My great grandmother had seventeen kids. Oh <gasps> my gosh! And I thought uh, great grandmother Pauline was bad with ten. She had seventeen. <laughs> my grandfather was the uh, sixth youngest. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I want to put in a, a mention here also for some products that uh, work really well here. I've worked with House Blessing We often and Blessing Oil. We often think of House Blessing as just blessing the home in regards to money, but House Blessing can also mean uh, a happy home in regards to children. So if you combine Blessing Oil and House Blessing Oil, uh, you can use that as a rub on the body. You can make it as a massage oil, an anointing oil. You can use it on candle work. Uh, you can burn it in the house. I wouldn't. I would actually use the sachet powders personally rather than the incense. But you lay out the sachet powders in the house, and what that does is it brings the blessings of the Lord into the house, which includes abundance of children and fertility. All right. Well, I'm going to run another Psalms by you. This is Psalms 127. Three through five. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies at the gate. In other words, you will raise up a family who will protect you. Mm-hmm. And that's a man's psalm, obviously. Um, really good one. All right, who's going to jump in with another one? 
We got to go. All right, so <laughs> before we run out, run out of time here, I'd like to add if you like working with archangels, uh Archangel mm-hmm. Sandolphin is the archangel to take your petition to conceive. And he's also the only archangel that you can request a gender before you can can conceive. You can actually wow. say, I want a boy or a girl. Wow. Now, mm-hmm. see, in my family, it's Archangel Gabriel. I was going to um, mention Gabriel, too. Yeah, because yeah, Archangel. Yeah, because Gabriel is the angel of the initiation to Mary, but not in my family. That's not so important. He's the one who told Sarah she'd get pregnant after years yep. and years of infertility. And Sarah laughed at him. And she laughed. She goes, I'm, I'm too old. I'm 90 years old. You're crazy. And he's kind of like, don't you laugh at an archangel. And he reaches out her finger. Boom, she's pregnant. Um, so, yeah, Archangel Gabriel is really important in uh, Jewish and Christian tradition. and um, But I don't know that he can, uh, you know, tell you, you can't pick a baby with him. He picks for you, I guess. Um, but he's a, a great one also for people who want to uh, be pregnant who have been infertile for a long time. Yeah, um, yeah. This- there's a tradition of lighting a white candle before you go to bed and praying that the Archangel Gabriel comes and gives you good news of a mm-hmm. child as he came to give Sarah and as he gave the Virgin Mary. And if you dream of a baby, then you've received the message and you will have a child. Um, I was asked in the chat, he he made her pregnant? No, no. <laughs> um, that's not what I meant. He pointed at her and she felt the baby move inside her. It, it it was like a kind of like, see, you're pregnant. And she went, oh, my God, there's a baby in me. You know, it's called quickening or that feeling that the baby is moving in you. So she, that's what was happening. Sorry, he didn't um, actually produce the baby. Her husband did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we have a couple more minutes. Anyone want to th- throw in anything else? Yeah, I do want to mention here that when you are trying for fertility, uh, there are a lot of practical things that you need to take into consideration. So all the magical work that we've given here is really good and all the spiritual work that I've given here. But if you're worried about uh, fertility, you must be checking with your doctors. You need to check your hormone levels. You need to check your diet. All these things have an impact on fertility. You can light all the candles in the world, but if you're eating foods that are going to, you know, depress your fertility, if you are uh, highly stressed, there's an old saying that nothing kills uh, fertility like stress, and that's true. So things like if you're having high stress levels, like we gotta get pregnant, we gotta get pregnant, these things will have an impact. So make sure to balance all the magical work with practical health concerns. Speak to a doctor, speak to a nutritionist, and do work. Yeah, and that's absolutely true. Here comes our music, and I got one more thing to say. There is a thought among some scholars that Gabriel, the archangel, like all of the major archangels, seven archangels, was actually a deity in the Canaanite religion and was a female before she became known as male, and her name means strength of L. Okay, now it's time for our announcer to take it away. We're going to have a client segment. Mm-mm. James. After our after our after our tritones. Ah, well, our tritones. I'm not sure if we're having tritones. Um, 
I don't hear any tritones. I think James had better jump in. Yep, that's all right. So support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. And by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic contra practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and take today's client. Our caller is Lil Miss calling from area code 470 in Washington. Lil Miss, are you there? I'm here. Okay. Can you hear me? And you, Yes, I can. And you mentioned that you have had no readings on this situation before. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. And she writes, I'm doing breakup and reconciliation work on my ex, the love of my life. He is in a relationship that has altered our friendship for the worst. He told me after getting with her in January that he is still in love with me. I have since started spell work. Can you tell me the status or next steps? And she would like to stay as anonymous as possible because um, the target apparently knows that she is a witch. Um, I'm going to turn it over to you, Miss Kat. All right. So I received here a thing. She would prefer not to share her birthday or sign on the air. Okay. So that's going to make it interesting. All right. Well, in that well, in that case, because we don't have anything uh, astrological to hang our predictions on, unless she chooses to uh, post something. Uh, <laughs> Reverend Art says sneaky tricks. We started with that theme. All right. I'm going to um, do the reading, and we're going to talk about this situation i am going to ask um a couple of questions how long were you together with this person almost three years three years and and now he's um with someone else um and i'm going to ask um uh the message is coming through here the secret i'm not going to announce it you'll have to read the chat okay um, and thank you, though, for the information. And those two signs are not the most compatible because they are square to one another, and um, they sometimes do come into conflict. Um, but I also want to ask another question. Um, do you? Do you? Um, how long has it been since when you broke up? Did you leave him, or did he leave you? Or was it mutual? It wasn't mutual. Um, he broke up with me. That was in May of last year, but we remained friends. We would hang out pretty much every other right. week until January, uh, where he met this girl and started dating her. Mm-hmm. And then he, when did he say he was still in love with you? Uh, the end of January. Uh, I'd oh, say okay. maybe around the 28th or 29th, and uh, that's roughly maybe a week after he asked her to be his girlfriend. Oi. All right. That's a problem. Okay. 
I'm going to read three cards on him okay. because I don't trust a man who talks that way. I, I've been through it myself a few times. I'm not going to say that's he's fair. a. I'm not going to say he's a liar, but I'm going to say that's pretty suspect. You know. So let's see what we got. Yes. This is going to be reading on him only. Okay. So card okay. number one I have is called the Page of Swords. This is a person who runs out into a field with a sword. Um, you know, going to conquer everything in sight. And they then stop and turn around and look back. And there's this sort of look like, did I do the wrong thing just now? There's also a flock of birds flying overhead, turning first one way and then the other way. And those are friends, companions, colleagues, family members saying uh, little words into this man's ear. And the clouds go out and come back in sort of a cold front. And so it may be he made this choice, but now he's regretting it. This is a card that says you do have an advantage here because he may be ready to turn back toward you. But the next card is another page and not so hopeful. This is the page of cups. So this shows a page holding a... um, at arm's length, the golden goblet with a fish in it. And remember we mentioned fish and fertility. Fish represent women, usually. This page is down by the water and is holding this cup with a fish in it at arm's length. So this is a relationship that is um, distant, unannounced, not one of equals. The man is looking at this fish and going, well, you know, yeah, I can talk with you. But they're not saying, hey, marry me. And they're not saying, um, you know, let me introduce you to my family or anything. And this may be true of both women. This may have a man may have a distant attitude toward women that he really is not 100% with either of you. And so I'm not sure that he's such a prize because um, a guy who's with one person and saying, I still love you, is not really the best guy to put your um, life into, um, invest your life into that. So I, I get it that, you're, that you want to do something, and I get it that you're doing the work, but I'm not really completely 100% hopeful about this situation and there's one thing more to add which is really odd you said this card i'm going to just give it away to a spoiler for those who know their cards it's the eight of swords um you said that you didn't want your name your name or your um sign announced on air because he knows you're a witch someone is doing work to restrain and bind you. And um, that's a card that shows a woman who is blindfolded, who is tied and bound, who has eight swords stabbed into the ground around her. These are not a death spell, and she's not being stabbed herself. It's just sort of forming a, a, a hedge around her, but she can't even really see it. In other words, there's something holding you down, but you can't see it, something tying you up, but you can't see it. And she's outside of a castle. Now, to be outside the castle means you're not living with him, you're not in his daily presence, and you're not in his bed. So this card is troubling because 
I asked about him, and I'm wondering if if he knows you're a witch and doesn't like that or has feelings, he himself may be trying to discourage you from doing spell work because he's got something going on, or possibly the other woman does, have something going on that is trying to keep you tied, bound, confused, and, um, you know, in a difficult situation. So I have a a strong feeling here that there's a lot of um, clarity work that needs to be done. I'm going to turn this over to Reverend Roy and um, see what he has to say. Okay, thank you. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How, how are long you? did you good. So how long did you say you you've been apart now? It's in a relationship we haven't been together since May of last year. Um I just saw him 3 days ago. Okay. But it's a relationship since we haven't been together since May. All right. So I laid down four cards. Uh the two in the middle are the 10 of swords and the judgment card. And then on each side of that, I have the Queen of Cups on one side and the Knight of Cups on the other. So, you know, in reading this and looking what this is trying to tell us, uh, I'm not real hopeful about this either, but I kind of get the message in this between that Queen of Cups, this loving home, and the, the Knight of Cups, Mr. Charming, that you're kind of going and looking at this through rose-colored glasses. And, and I have to say, you know, in wanting this relationship back, are you just remembering the good stuff? Because with that Ten of Swords being the first card I laid down, I don't get the impression this ever really was a good relationship. Yeah, the Ten of Swords shows, you know, stabbing in the back. So was this a good relationship at one time, or are you just trying to remember the good parts? Are you no, being honest actually, with yourself? We got along really well. We really did get along really well. We had a good relationship, so much so that we kept our friendship after our relationship ended. There were bad times. I think every relationship has bad times. I did say in the chat he's younger than me, and the immaturity level you know, he's grown some over the years. But there's still a lot of growth to be had. Hmm. So, so that judgment card, you know, that's implying that there, there's, you know, some responsibility that needs to be taken um, on both your parts. Because I've got that Queen of Absolutely. Cups and the Knight of Cups um, that, you know, both of you kind of failed in this. And you said you became friends. You, you remained friends. But... I think you got to go a little bit deeper than that. Was it was it more than friends? Because just because you're friends doesn't mean it's a good love relationship. And that's what I get from this reading is that you're kind of looking through rose-colored glasses. That that this is not going to return back to what it was or what you think it was. Okay. And you could continue to pursue it, but but I, I kind of agree with Miss Cat that I don't have a lot of hope for this. That you're going to get back what you wanted to begin with. Yeah, 
It's a hard one. You know, people call us up and they ask for a reading, and they're looking for a way forward. And sometimes the cards say, you know, this way is kind of blocked. And um, it's interesting to me that we, we had these swords cards. I had the Page of Swords, the Eight of Swords, and Reverend Roy had uh, the Ten of Swords. Ten. Yeah, Ten of Swords. And so we've got a lot of swords here. Now, swords represent pain. They also represent words and um, and prayer. So if you do work, you might want to work with prayer. But um, And then surrounding your cards, what he said was the Knight and Queen of Cups. Those were emotion. And so there's a lot of emotion here. And I had the Page of Cups. So this kind of, except for that judgment card that he had, pretty much everything was swords and cups. And I'm going to um, think that might be a, a cue to turn this over to Contraman. Yeah, I think you've gotten some really good advice here. This is sometimes difficult to hear. Um, just from a purely practical point of view, there's, it's perfectly fine if people need growing before they can be in a really healthy relationship. But if a person is unwilling to grow with you, then that can be a problem. So even though there's like, oh, there needs to be growth on this person's part, the process should be with you. And you've been apart for a long time that the ability to rebuild that connection is going to be hard. But I'm going to give you some root work here. If your heart is set, uh, set on seeing if there's a chance here, this root work will be your sort of final salvo. If this root work works, then fantastic, you have another chance with this person. However, if this root work gives you a very clear no, then this must be your final, I'm going to walk away. It's very crucial that especially after the readings that you've gotten and the, the answer from this root work, you have to close the door at some point. Otherwise, you're going to spend years and years and years wondering what if and hanging on, and that will keep you from finding happiness yourself. I mean, we're, we're here talking a year after your relationship, uh, and you're still wondering. So it is important to recognize that this root work is sort of your last. This is it. If <laughs> this doesn't work from here, I'm ready to move on. So take, enter into this root work with that intention, with an open heart, that whatever spirit brings my way, I'm open to the good. If it's this guy and we reconcile, great. If not, then I'm ready to move on and find the happiness that I deserve. What I want you to do is take three white candles, one pink candle, get yourself some clarity oil, as Ms. Cat indicated, some reconciliation oil, three bay leaves, two bombs of Gilead, and two rose petals. On a Friday or a Monday, while the moon is waxing, Take the white candles, anoint them with clarity oil, place them in candle holders on top of the bay leaves, and arrange them triangle with the point pointing upwards. You are then going to take the pink candle and anoint it with reconciliation oil and place it into the center of that triangle. So you have the pink candle in the center and then three white candles around them in a triangle. Arrange the rose petals and the bombs of Gilead around the pink candle, but inside the triangle of white candles. So the way that it would look from the outside in is white candles in a triangle, then your rose petals and bombs of Gilead, then in the center you have your pink candle with the uh, reconciliation oil. 
Light these candles, all starting with the white and then moving into the center and the pink candle, and pray for clarity, for healing, and for reconciliation. Pray from your heart, pray sincerely, pray from whatever comes to mind, that whatever hurt was there is washed away, whatever fog of, of, of confusion is washed away, that clarity, hope, healing, and reconciliation all come to you. Snuff the candle out, and then repeat it again the next day. Do this for three days. On the third day, what you want to do is take all of the bay leaves, the rose petals, and the balms of Gilead, and place it into a small cloth pillow. So it's a little small square that you sew up into a pillow. Place this underneath your own pillow and watch your dreams for watch your dreams for seven days. You should bury any leftover wax in your front yard. While the candles were burning, you should have watched how they burn. Watch if the wax melts a certain way. Is the wax running away from the pink candles? That should be a sign. Is the white candles all burning towards the pink candle? That should be a sign. You're also going to watch your dreams after you put that pillow underneath yours for seven days for an omen. What does your dreams tell you? If you dream of this person lying to you, that's a sign. If you have a dream of you two making out, that's a sign. If this person does not return to you fully, not calls you, not hangs out with you, not sees you, but returns to you fully as your partner by May, you need to walk away. That's it. Not he gives you hope, I don't, and sometimes people like that will give you some hope. They'll dangle. The magic gets them to miss you just enough that they'll dangle a little bit of hope. They'll show up and say, hey, I miss you, and then they'll disappear for a week. That's not a sign that things are going well. That's a bad sign. I mean, if by May, this guy is on back with you, he doesn't show up and say, you know what? I'm going to try this again. Let's try this again together. If he doesn't say that with, to you, and if he isn't back with you, you walk away. May is your deadline. That's your cutoff. Don't look back at that point. Do a cut and clear. Heal your heart and open yourself up to new love. Let's see if Miss Kat and our colleagues have anything further to add. I think you're absolutely right that um, there are there are indications here that this person is fully capable of maintaining a long distance or text based or on and off relationship in that card, the Page of Cups, at arm's length. So be cautious about that. And um, it, may be, yeah. it, it may be this is not going to, um, you know, not going to work. Um, Aya Ashaya says, the saying is, if a man has walked away, you only take him back if he crawls back. Well, I get that. Uh, on the other hand, that's why I asked whether he had left or whether you had driven him away. Because if you drove him away and he walked away from your anger, it's up to you to ask for forgiveness. doesn't sound like that. This sounds like um, this man has decided you are not uh, the uh, top of his list. But, oh, maybe this other one didn't work out, so now he's kind of, you know, coming around to you again. Work on it all the way to May with good heart, good faith, and good luck, but it may not work. All right. Okay, and now we get our network schedule announcement and tritone. LMC. 
You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hooter Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurement, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places with Reverend Art and Reverend James, Mondays, 4 to 5.30, The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, Thursdays, 1 to 2, and Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8, all time specific, at 3 hours for Eastern. All of our shows are available in archives at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com, where you will see them listed by title and episode and with clickable links. Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, Reverend Roy of HealingAmulet.com in Nashville, Tennessee. Take it away, Reverend Roy. (laughs) All right. So for our free spell tonight, we're going to do a fertility spell. And for this, we're going to start with a preparation fertility bath. And we want to use an herb mixture of angelica root, hyssop, rosemary, raspberry leaves, lavender, rose petals, and eucalyptus. We want to make these like a tea to take a bath in. And this is, will be a soaking bath in the tub. Uh, this should be a soothing, quiet, ritualistic bath where you're basically telling the universe, I am preparing to conceive. I am preparing for a child. Uh, I am purifying my spirit. I am purifying my body. You want to begin this ritual with two white candles, one on each end of the tub that you walk between to enter the tub. Cleanse yourself with the water. Uh, You don't want to use any soap, any shampoos, no chemicals. Just soak in the tub a while. You'll step back out between the white candles and don't dry off. And then take a bowl of water out of the tub, we're going to throw it to the east at sunrise, and we're going to throw it to the east because we're preparing ourselves to receive. We're not getting rid of anything. Uh, So we also want to make a fertility nest, and you can use a bird nest. You can find those in the wild, or you can actually buy them at craft stores, or you can use moss. You can use both and line the nest with the moss if you want. I would sprinkle raspberry leaves inside the bottom of the nest. Raspberry leaves have often been used for fertility. And you want to use one fresh egg, preferably one that's never been refrigerated. Um, If you can find, if you don't have your own chickens, find a local farmer to get one. Write your petition on the egg with a soft marker, uh, you know, so that you, you don't break it. You can use fertility symbols and put it on the egg. A downward-facing triangle is a fertility signal uh, symbol. Uh, you could draw a cross inside the triangle. And you want to put this nest under your bed. Now, I would only leave the egg in there for about a week, and then you can replace it. During that time, you can, uh, once you replace the egg, you can bury it by your front door. Uh, to keep the uh, fertility energy going. 
You can also use the Shiva Lingam Stone. You can place that in the nest, or you can put that under your mattress. Uh, you can also use the fertility herbs, put them between your mattresses. So, anyone got any questions about that? You just want to keep this going for as long as it takes. All mm. I have to add is you can come see Lucky Mojo for fresh, fertile eggs, but you've got to give <laughs> us 48-hour notice so we'll be sure to have one that has not been refrigerated. We have a neighbor with new chickens, and he hasn't put them up yet, so they pass through our yard about four times a day. So, <laughs> Oh, you got them too. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chicken eggs everywhere. Ours are little yeah. banties, little banties, uh, very pretty little banties, and make, um, uh, oh, Nagashiva posts. I collect them regularly and will refrigerate if not warned. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to refrigerate fresh eggs. Right. And Brother Blue says, are there any good ways to protect an egg or anything else under the bed from your pets? Do you have an answer for that, Reverend Roy? Yeah, you could cover it. It it wouldn't hurt to cover your nest. Um, You know, maybe you uh, put a bowl over it or uh, what immediately come to mind for me was like a Tupperware cake uh, cake plate. Oh, 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 Roy, oh, Roy, no, no, (laughs) not Tupperware. What you want is one of those glass chickens. These are glass chickens on a nest. You lift the chicken up. All y'all know there what I'm go. talking about. They're made of glass. They come in cobalt blue, and they come in clear. And and um, you, you, that it's a chicken, and uh, it's like <laughs> in half. Half is a nest, half is a chicken. They're wonderful. You pick up the chicken. You put all that little moss or lining in there, nice, sweet. And put the egg in. Put the chicken back on top. Just look up glass chicken. You'll find them. <laughs> I, Patricia, says, hell, I have one. Yeah, they're they're a kind of a candy dish, says Reverend James Glass, chickens. Um, uh, my grandmother had one. I know what you're talking about. Everybody has one of those. Yeah, you know what they're for? They're for the for the little Easter egg candies. You know, when, when people are over for company and you take the chicken off and there's all these little um, candy eggs inside. I mean, everybody's got those. That's an American tradition. <laughs> I bet Balkan Diviner has no idea what we're talking about. But, you know, Balkan Diviner back there in Romania, you can go to eBay and just look up glass chicken candy dish. You'll find one. <laughs> I don't think we have one of all the stuff we Well, do. you need to get one. Oh, Papa G says, you see, I knew Papa G would know. My mother collected them. They were all over the place. And Papa G, do you know how many I have? I have one in every color I can find them in. <laughs> because glass chickens. <laughs> all right. Gosh. You know, sometimes I don't know whether we're doing magic or just, you know, collecting chashkas around here. <laughs> And Papa G says, well, ask my stepfather for one, Roy. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Papa G, no, no. <laughs> Don't be doing that. Y'all going to hatch out a baby? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> I'm too old for that. Those days are over. <laughs> well, you can, um, you know, you can work for other people, though. Seriously, <laughs> if you want to work for other people's fertility, that is a really, really good way to work. Lovely. Um, 
And, um, yep, um, <laughs> Dr. Shiva says, a false dichotomy, collect and magic. Oh, yes, and we call that the Ironwood Institution for the Preservation and Popularization of Indigenous Ethnomagicology, and it fills three rooms of our house at this point with collectible objects that are magical. And we accept donations from the general public as long as they're pretty. Hmm. All right, there's our music, our sweet, sweet music. Ah. Oh, yes, the acronym for that is YIPPIE, Y-I-P-P-I-E, of course. You can find it at ironwood.org. All right, let's turn this over to our delightful Reverend James, who probably has glass chickens, too. I do, and thank you, Miss Cat and Conjureman, and thank you, Reverend Roy of HealingAmulet.com in Nashville, Tennessee, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when we will have air member Miss Robin of robinsmojo.com in Northern California bringing us an oracle hour on water scrying. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjureman at conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I am your announcer, Reverend James, joining you from folkconjure.com in North Carolina. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And the shows are available in archives via luckymojo.com forward slash radio show dot html. From all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> thank you, Robert James. I christened this episode... The Glass Hen Show. We could call it The Glass Chicken Show. The Glass Chicken Show. We might end up with a whole series of glass animal shows. The Glass Rabbit Show and so forth. All right. (laughs) The Menagerie. The the Glass Menagerie, of course. But why didn't I think of that? The Glass Menagerie. Of course. Of course. All right. Well, guys, buy your tickets for this virtual hoodoo heritage festival you've now seen what one of the book covers looks like and remember when you get your ticket you will be getting a goodie box and reverend roy is the keeper of the goodie boxes and reverend roy will be sending goodie boxes to everyone who buys tickets so that you'll have it by the time of the festival which is june 10th and 11th and you're going to want to be there or be square (laughs) good night good night all Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.